0: The following is a presentation of the Match Talk Podcast Network.
1: Let's circle up, folks, because it's time for the Virginia Wrestling Roundup, a show by the Virginia Wrestling Association. The Virginia Wrestling Roundup is also brought to you by Cliff Keen Athletic, built for life. Get more information on Cliff Keen products by going to matttalkonline.com slash cliffkeen. I'm Jason Bryant, a proud Virginia native, and each month we'll talk about relevant events and topics as it relates to the landscape of VAWA and the wrestling community in the state of Virginia at large. As always, you can find out all you need to know about VAWA by going to VirginiaWrestling.com. Episode 12 of the Virginia Wrestling Roundup. Back with you. The high school and college seasons are over. We're getting into the Freestyle and Greco role here with VAWA. We got some news. We got some notes. We got some information. We got some, some famous things to talk about. And first... We're going to open up the show. Joining us today, Brian Hazard and Bill Swink, as they are regulars here on the program. We're going to start out right away with one of our own, and and one of the many, actually, of our own, with the induction of the National Wrestling Hall of Fame Virginia chapter uh, this year. That took place a couple weeks ago up in Glen Allen. let uh, will just run through this year's inductees before we uh, talk about each one of them. Jim Neese, David Hooper, Colin and Anna Baker, Doug Roper. Uh, the aforementioned Bill Swink, Dr. Steve Wellcox, and Chris Giles. And now we're gonna open up the uh, the lines. We'll talk a little bit to Brian Hazard and Bill Swink about the, this group that came in. First of all, Bill, we'll start with you. Congratulations on your induction and and what was this banquet like? What was it like to be recognized by your your friends, peers and brothers and comrades in arms when it comes to uh, being being honored for your lifetime service to wrestling?
0: Um, it was it was really a, a great experience. Uh, it was humbling. And, uh, I mean, it was a huge crowd. Uh, they said it was the largest one they've had. Um, and it was, uh, it was good to see a lot of people. Uh, some I hadn't seen in a long time. Um, it was, uh, again, very humbling and, uh, it's very nice to be included, uh, in a group of great, uh, wrestling people.
1: We'll talk about uh, what you're going to be doing with that uh, in a little bit as we go through uh, Jim Neese and Chris Giles. Uh, Neese was an old-school guy you know, back in the 30s, uh, was a football player and then had this affinity for wrestling, became an official. uh, He was uh, inducted posthumously, uh, as was David Hooper. Coach Hazard, you can talk a little bit about uh, about, uh, Mr. Hooper as he's a Northern Virginia guy.
2: Yeah, Coach Hooper was just an amazing guy, and he took a very small school, St. Stephen's, now St. Stephen's St. Agnes, and uh, made them very relevant in the national prep scene um, in the '80s and '90s, um, and even the early 2000s. He um, unfortunately passed away with cancer, uh, but was just an amazing coach, uh, loved by his athletes. Um, you know, Khalil Abdul Malik and um, the Shabelsky brothers, and there were there was a lot of great wrestlers that came through there um in in the in the 80s and 90s and uh you know he was very very quirky uh but um, he was a state champ at Wakefield High School and uh just just really a, a fantastic person
1: another guy sticking with the Northern Virginia theme a guy you know pretty well Brian Dr. Steve Wilcox just explain a little bit about what this guy's meant to the state of wrestling in Virginia
2: well geez he's been uh around forever wrestled for Old Dominion um actually started his career wrestling for Norview but spent a lot of time with um mr. Martin um, in the in the 60s and uh, 70s then wrestled again for Old Dominion uh, came up to Northern Virginia uh, was an amazing history teacher and then became a counselor at Falls, Ch- Falls Church High School where he took that program and again a very small school um, and took them to being second in the state winning regional titles at the time where Robinson and Woodson in Northern Virginia was was quite good you know beat uh, you know, beat the beach back then. And, um, you know, finished coaching fairly early in his career to, to take a job, uh, as an uh, administrator, ended up being a principal at many schools, but st- kept his hand in wrestling all the time. And then became a superintendent of, of several school systems up in Pennsylvania and then retired back down here. Um, for the last 14, 15 years, he's been around my program at Robinson. Um, where he worked with Sam Smith with the bandits for many years and, uh, and then was really kind of a catalyst for a lot of great things that we did at Robinson. Um, kept me calm actually, which is pretty hard to do. And, uh, was, was, you know, probably besides my dad, um, and Coach Epperly, one of my largest, um, and one of my biggest mentors in wrestling. Pretty amazing man.
1: Chris Giles goes in as an official out of uh, Henrike on the Richmond area. Well, let's just keep the Chris Giles shots to a minimum, gentlemen. He's an official, so uh, I'm sure you guys have had some disagreements with him for a while. (laughs) Pitch this over to Bill. Uh, You know what's what's it about Chris that uh, has always made him a very serviceable guy for for officiating, and you know he's he's one of our state's better better guys that wears the stripes.
0: Yeah, you know, Chris's demeanor has just always been awesome. You know, he uh, even keel, low key um makes calls he he's you know he's sure when he makes a within the call he's assertive, no hesitation um you know you don't you don't uh question much what chris has to do so chris uh very deserving uh, to get in the hall of fame and and very good official which he continues to officiate so
2: well and also don't forget he started out as a coach. And he's got the
1: one of the best mustaches in the state of Virginia.
2: Man, you could—I mean, could <laughs> mustache—you could take naps in it. But he was at Clover Hill for a long time as a coach, and then at Cosby Area. So you know, he really came from the grassroots of coaching, and, and then took that to the officials, which is always better.
0: <laughs> Definitely, he has a coach's perspective.
1: Maybe not always agreeing with the coaches these days, though. But and then uh, the, the folks that I know pretty well, uh, Colin and Anna Baker. Uh, going in with their relationship with not just the Great Bridge and Old Dominion wrestling programs as fans and boosters, but they were also, uh, part of the, the first charter members of the Virginia Challenge and, and have been active in the Virginia Duels, even though the Virginia Duels has always kind of been a peninsula based thing. Uh, the Bakers were involved when, in coordinating with the media for so many years, uh, coming from the South Side in Chesapeake. And, uh, you know, I, I gotta say this personally, a little, little personal story about the two. Uh when I first broke in and and you guys know this on how how brash and uh, egotistical and arrogant uh I was <laughs> uh maybe still am to a point but uh I was you know I was a little I was brash I was in my you know my late teens early 20s and I remember miss I said something at the uh the regional tournament one year and, and it really kind of got under uh Colin's skin there a little bit and you know and he he actually spo- you know he kind of Talked to me about it, really kind of laid it down, and his his very, you know, he's got a, a military background. He had a military background before he passed away, and you know, he he kind of he leveled it, leveled with me, and then you know, you come around and you want a, a guy like that. That's, that's travels the, I mean, he's traveled everywhere. Him and Anna traveled everywhere. Just, you know, they, I'd always see them who had the best seats at the NCAAs. Like, how, how the heck did they do that? But, uh, I know that, uh, in the years since, uh, Colin's passing, Anna's always been great. You know, every time I see her at the Virginia Duels or, or an event, it, it's just great. They're, they've been great people to me, even though, uh, I had to, I had to turn them into fans initially, but uh, it's great to see them get in. I know there's been a push to get them in because the hall, you know, when you, you look at it, it's wrestlers, coaches, and, you know, administrators and officials, but you get, you get fans, even though Colin wrestled back in the day at Great Bridge, I think even before they were green and gold, I think they were different colors back when he was even wrestling there, but, you know, to, to honor fans and boosters and people that have been a part of the sport, I think is a great thing. And uh, then, then we go to another guy that I know really well, Doug Roper, Uh, going in, the longtime coach at Tab High School. And for me, being a Picosan guy, to give a Tab guy credit is, is tough because for those looking at it geographically, Tab and Picosan are separated by about four miles. And that was the biggest game of the year in football. It was the biggest match of the year in wrestling. It, every sport, I mean, that was the Yankees Red Sox was Picosan Tab. So, you you know, there was, there was a heated rivalry in Doug. What what I liked about coach Roper is his ability to get kids to come out. He always had a full team. He never forfeited weights. And you know, he got the kids that were fresh out of the hallways and taught them the basics and he always had a solid team. Uh he had an, you know, he had a, he's coached a four-time state champ. He's had numerous state champions getting his guys to the Beast of the East and the Iron Man and things of that nature. So uh, for, for, again, for a Picosan guy to give a tab guy credits a little bit, but Doug, he's been around this sport so long and I'm, I'm personally glad to see him go in. And, and, and Bill, you were coaching at Louisa for a while when you were in the same region with tab and, you know, what were your, some of your experiences with coach Roper?
0: Oh, he, he's, he's an awesome individual. Um, you know, all these people that have gotten into the hall, you know, the bakers are are as nice of that you'd ever nice of people you ever want to meet and Doug, um, Always seemed to find a way to get his team ready to compete and his guys ready to compete. Um, they didn't care who they were wrestling. And, you know, it's nice to uh, see that. He's been very dedicated down there, and the kids seem to respond very well to him. Um, great guy.
1: Doug also, for a time, I don't know if he still does this, but when I was in high school, he was kind of the uh, the uh faculty chair of the Saltwater Fishing Club at Tab High School. So... Yeah. uh of course, you know, Doug also lives in Pekosin, so I got to give him that much credit for it. Is right. he Bull Islander? Uh, no, but he lives there, so he's he's right. got an eight six eight phone number, so it counts. But uh, moving on, we've got some Vawa news here. Actually, you know what? We're not going to move on to the Vawa news yet, because Bill, we still got something to follow up with you on. You're retired. You've retired from coaching, and now there's a new guy going to be leading the charge at Colonial Forge. Let's talk about that for a little bit.
0: Yeah, I have uh, stepped down from coaching. Uh- I don't know, middle of March, and uh, former Colonial Ford wrestler and current assistant, Ian Squires, is going to take over the program. Um, young guy, um, up for the challenge, and, uh, you know, he, he understands what we've done with, with the program um, as both an athlete and then working, you know, with us as an assistant. Um, I think he's, you know – Need to get some young blood sometimes, and uh, I think he's he's going to do awesome. Uh, I think he'll be a hard worker, and there's uh, great. Great technically, good good uh, teaching. Uh, kids like him, so I think it'll be a good smooth transition.
1: Now we can get to the aforementioned Vawa news. I think I've used the word aforementioned now three times in the program thus far. But uh, Virginia Amateur Wrestling is looking for a new executive director as Andrew Farrah has stepped down to take another position. We'll still be involved in wrestling, but uh, this executive director position, one of two paid full-time executive director positions for our state chapter in USA Wrestling. So Virginia's kind of blazing the trail in that regard. And uh, before we talk about the, the, the what we want for the position, let's, Bill, talk a little bit about what Andrew brought to when he returned to the state of Virginia uh, you know, his wrestling and business acumen and, and what he really has done to set the bar for for this position and what we're looking for to, to, to push the future of wrestling in Virginia to greater heights.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, he, uh, Andrew, a young guy, um, brought a lot of energy, uh, relates well to the student-athletes, um, to the parents, to the coaches. Um, you know, we were looking for somebody – you could uh, be a customer service person first, you know, kind of be the face, um, public face of the organization. And, um, he just did a heck of a job with that. Um, you know, he's, he's good in a lot of facets. He understands, um, he understood Virginia wrestling, understood USA wrestling. Um, you know, one of the things he's done is established a scholarship fund, which, um, with the Community Foundation in Richmond, when and we will be uh, awarding a scholarship or two thousand dollar scholarships starting this year. Um, and I think we are the first state association to do that and that those uh, will be endowed forever. We'll be doing that as long as the organization's around. Um, you know, you brought a lot of good energy and, and um, kind of kept up us on our toes as executive committee as well. Um, So, you know, big shoes, Phil, um, but he's still going to be part of the organization and and, uh, help out. And he's still helping, even though he is officially um, is working at the end of April. And and, and I spent a couple hours on the phone with him today. He's still working on projects for uh, cadet Doles and Fargo and things like that for us. So, you know we're losing him as a full time employee, but we we are going to gain him as a volunteer in the organization, which is which is huge.
1: Brian, since you you don't work as closely with Andrew as Bill does, since he is the state chairman. But when you look at it, t- take the VAWA situation out of the uh, equation for a moment and explain what having an executive director for your state association, and somebody like Andrew, has helped you as a as a high school coach and a and a, and a club coach to be able to, to kind of bridge that gap between, you know, the, you know, the leadership and, and, the, and the coaches who are in, in the, in the trenches each day coaching these kids.
2: Well, like Bill said, it's going to be really hard shoes to fill because honestly, I mean, Andrew really did bridge a gap between the high school kids. He coached at a high school. He's an amazing coach, but he had a business sense that was bigger than just wrestling. Um, you know, and, and when we created this position, he was really the prototype. He had a, a You know, wrestling background, a business background. He had great connections within wrestling. Um, being a full time employee, like we're all volunteers, and most of us in our coaching gig, you know, make two thousand, three thousand dollars and you know, spend 40 to 50 hours a week on it. So, this was a guy who was doing this full time and able, he was really able to add some creativity and add some, uh, you know, just some really good energy to making our program better. And that was his full-time gig. So he could be creative and he could learn um, from trial and error. And uh, I'm telling you, because of these these shoes to fill, somebody's going to have to come in and wow us. Um, it, it's it's not just something that you're hopefully going to do for a couple of years. I mean, this is a guy, Andrew, who, Got a job at the World Championships, got a job in Rio. He got a job with Arm Software, which, you know, they're the biggest NCAA college type of software company right now. And he's going to hopefully bring them into USA Wrestling. So, you know, this was a stepping stone for him. But at the same time, he would have continued to do it, had this opportunity not presented itself. He's really just a phenomenal ambassador for our sport, and especially a great ambassador for the Commonwealth, Virginia, and VAWA.
1: Yeah, Bill, so I'll turn it back over to you. Uh, the job description has been posted at com for those listening and who may be interested. But first, Bill, uh, what's the application deadline? And, and more importantly, what are we looking for in this, this role? I mean, it's not necessarily age based by any means, but having a, a young, energetic, uh, individual, man or woman would be, you know, that's, that's one thing that's a, that's a plus. But, uh, you know, what, Does this position entail, and and what's it going to take for the right person to be uh, landing this position?
0: Well, you know what does it entail? It entails uh, a lot. Um, You know, it's as we most of us know with our sport, we work a lot of hours, a lot of crazy hours. Um, You know, and there's two sides to the job, and and there's the business side which you got to do during business hours, and then there's the customer service with wrestling that you have to kind of do. In non-business hours, you know, in evenings when clubs are going on and, or on the weekends when tournaments are happening, those types of things. So, you know, it's a, it's a lot of time, just, just like a coach or anybody else that's in the sports. And, and you got to balance both sides. Um, so we're looking for somebody that can do that, um, can manage their time well and understand, you know, there's, there's going to be calls in the evenings that you have to make and go visit clubs and go to, um, you know, the uh, youth league meetings and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, we're always looking for uh, ideas to generate funding, you know, as a nonprofit. Um, coming up with uh, financial resources is big. So, you know, we need somebody that can do some fundraising do some event management, you know, you got to get in track wrestling a little bit and, and, uh, be able to help a local club run a tournament on a Saturday or Sunday. Um, then you got all the national team stuff, (coughs) excuse me, coordinating that. Um, it's, uh, it's it's a challenge, but I think if you're a, uh, you know, wrestling person, we kind of all like those challenges. So, um, you know, having a wrestling background, I think, is important to understand the sport. And uh, as far as deadlines, uh, you are got a rolling uh, process, but we have gotten a lot of applicants already. So, you know, we're going to move on it soon, sooner than later. Um, we don't have a hard deadline for time, but when we feel we have a good applicant pool, uh, we're going to move forward with it.
1: Yeah, and I can tell you this that uh, if if I were still living back in the state of Virginia, uh, this is definitely something that would would pique my interest. You're not going to get me to come back, sorry guys, but uh, you know I like the fact that I'm 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 six six turns away from Fargo uh, instead of a twenty six hour whatever it is. But uh, you know we this. Fly is, now, no tweak. We yeah, fly
0: now, though. Yeah, I
1: realize that my first flight of my life was with you guys on the way to Fargo in 1999. You know, I think my name was Gary Alcon on the way out there. It was, it was Jason Cox on the way home, but uh you know cuz like i want to say speak from a personal type of opinion this is this is a type of position that you know there there's these there's going to be waves of people you know we've had people come through that you know they come in they're they're like all right and there was really nothing to nothing for them now we've got a position for somebody that's got this mind and i don't know if i would have had that mind for example but for you know this is an enticing position for anybody that loves the sport of wrestling and loves the state of virginia so uh those of you listening out there that if, if you hit those criteria don't be afraid to apply first of all because there's a lot of room to grow here because we saw what and, what you know andrew had a lot of room to grow and he grew really well and now it's it's a situation. that's like, man, this this is something that you can really make an impact on, and uh, you know, it would, it's uh, you know one of those hypothetical situations where I would surely apply for this job, and that's that ought to tell you something, folks. That's that's how much I feel like this position would really help and impact the state of wrestling and the state of wrestling in Virginia. So that's just my little little pitch about those of you out there that are listening and it might be on the fence about applying. And hey, you know what? You don't get a job if you don't apply for it.
0: Yeah, that's uh, a good good. Uh some good points there twink. Um, it, it is, if you're a wrestling person and, uh, it's like the ultimate job, um, because that's, that's what your job's going to be wrestling all the time. doesn't get much better than that.
1: Yeah. Preaching to the choir. Um, let's just hope Brian's not singing in the choir. Now, as we move on, speaking of Brian and I, this is something that we touched on a little bit, and this is the uh the, the patting selves on the back, not necessarily patting selves on the back, but we were so excited to talk about being able to announce the NCAA Division I Wrestling Championships. And, you know, we kinda kinda had to keep it on the down low. We didn't want to make a huge deal about it. But once we got to Madison Square Garden, and you know, as is the joking nature of Brian and I, the relationship we've had over the years to sit there and it was a Virginia crew. Granted, I live in Minnesota now, but it was a Virginia crew on the microphone at Madison Square Garden in New York City. And Brian, I, let's just get your your opinion on the, the takeaways from the event, and you know, and, and the world's most famous arena. Uh, you know, it was a, it was a new crew, and it happened to be two guys from from the old Commonwealth.
2: I got one word for you, Jason: sashimi. Sashimi. Oh my goodness! But you know what? I, I just. Uh, I, Both of us have announced a lot of things around the country and, you know, pretty soon for you around the world. Um, But I haven't been this excited to do any event. I mean, this was really a goal that that I set for myself years ago and to the point where I don't typically get super nervous when I announce. But I was, you know, I was bordering on panic attacks just because it was was such a big deal. Um, You know, the good thing about you and I is that, yeah, we joke a lot. But I think once we got started – um, it got to be all business. And, and I, I think we changed some minds and, and turned some heads on, on the way that we did it. Um, I, I can tell you, I've had a lot of compliments from people who don't typically top compliment me on, um, on on the job that we did. And it was first and foremost, a blast, a lot of fun to work with you. And, and I hopefully you felt the same way. But, uh, you know, again, I, I just I hope we can continue to do it and, and, and do it well. And you know, when it when it's time for us to be done, hopefully we've trained somebody who's behind us to to do it better than we have.
1: Yeah, I think well, the one the one drawback I know that Brian and I we're, we both talked about is you know there's a point where we basically got to be sequestered. So I mean, New York City that city never sleeps. And if it was an, another year where Brian and I weren't doing anything, I mean, who knows what that city can do to you? But you know, it was like so you know we got an opportunity to see see Bill and and you know Mark and and some. You know Virginia people that we know, but it was only for a short time. Unfortunately, we couldn't visit with everybody as long as we wanted to during the tournament. But we did uh, have
2: a good dinner at the Palm, though. Yeah, we did have a very good <laughs> dinner
1: at the Palm. Uh, that's that's uh, that's one for the ages. Yeah, we'll we'll have to have a a, a hidden version of that story one of these days. But uh, you know, I mean, that's the one thing. You, you we we sit there and it, it was we did have some minds to change, and I want to first for people that don't know that goes into working an event, working a wrestling event, there's a you know, you can talk about, you know, I work the Olympic trials, but the difference between the Olympic trials and Iowa city and the NCAAs and Madison square garden, they're both iconic arenas for various different reasons. But when, and we have a guy like AL Hazlip in our sport of wrestling, who's been a tremendous announcer and, 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 a fantastic producer. He worked with Ken Berger and I at the world championships and being able to, to line up the back of the house and, and hit our cues but when you got to Madison Square Garden, we worked with a guy named Damian Santucci. And for those who don't know, this guy works for what's uh for basically Times Square Events. I believe that's the name of the building. He's the producer for Dick Clark's Rocking New Year's Eve. This is the guy with all the cues. So when it came to professionalism and hitting cues and hitting timing, we didn't even, me and Brian didn't even really have to think. We just had our script and then boom. And then, boom! I mean, this guy was on point, and then you know we couldn't have done, I think, the job that we did without a guy like that, Dylan Wanagale and his entire crew. They did an amazing job. You know, the NCA support staff, Ann Holman, uh, Fred Bowen, Anthony Holman's uh, crew there that were was involved with us. I mean, it's like it's it's a professional thing, and to tie that with the professionalism, and I mean, they've had so many hundreds of sporting events at Madison Square Garden each 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 year, and well, the fact they, they didn't short sell us
2: either. Three hundred and forty four events a year they do there. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, and they didn't they didn't treat us like we're ah oh, it's wrestling. They were on point with the NCAA Wrestling Championships as they would be a Knicks game, a Rangers game, or a Paul McCartney show. So I mean from that point I couldn't have asked for anything more.
0: Well, I, I would like to chime in as a fan and a spectator. Um at Madison Square Garden this year. I um you know, I know i I've known you guys for a long time and uh I'd be a little biased, but I'd tell you the truth too. Um, I, I thought it was a, you guys did an outstanding job, and from an entertainment and a fan perspective, it was uh, top shelf, guys. It, hats off to you. Um, it, it, you! You did an awesome job. Thank yeah, w- yeah we
1: appreciate that. And one thing is is. From there, move forward. I got the Olympic trials this year. I got to work with Sandy Stevens there in AL, and you know Ken Berger, another you know Virginia Virginia guy. He's uh, been in, inducted in the Virginia chapter of the Hall of Fame. I believe it was a year ago or, year, or two years ago. And you know him and I did the World Championships. Brian was there uh, as one of the the mat side broadcasters. So we've got Virginia all over this place. And then uh, you know I've got to be careful with what I say about a certain event that's going on in a South American country in the month of August that may include five different colored rings and uh, a, a sport that dates back to 776 B.C. Uh, there might be a familiar voice on the microphone there, too. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge.
2: Not me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the other announcer on the broadcast. Well, we,
1: somebody, yeah, because – Somebody Ken- from Bull Island, maybe. <laughs> and yeah. then, you know, because Kenny had – Burger had London, and then we're keeping it with Virginia. So right. I've still and got to, I've still got to sign do. the contract, but uh, yeah, that's 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 going to happen. I've been to, I've already been to Rio once, so uh, we're VA style there. We're, we're keeping we're taking it over.
0: <laughs> and then, and then. That's 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 awesome.
1: Now moving to our next point, and this uh, this I've already actually texted Burger about this uh, for obvious self serving reasons, but uh, the VHSL. News came out uh, on Thursday, May the 5th, the day we record this, that the 6A, 5A, and now the 4A state wrestling championships will be moving to Norfolk Scope. And, Bill, you've also got some added news. It's not just a location. There's another news item there that wasn't really reported by uh, the Washington Post or the Virginia Pilot about this move.
0: Yeah, um, there is. Uh, One, the Scope uh, finally out of a high school for the big schools in Virginia, which is awesome. But the other news is, Um, you know, we're still in the same regional format next year for one more year, but we'll be expanding the, uh, state bracket from eight to 12. And it looks like pretty good chance that after next year, it'll go back to a 60 man bracket. Um, when we go back to four regions instead of two. So uh, I think that's awesome, uh, for the sport as well. Um. We're going to hopefully pack that scope. What's it hold? Around ten thousand.
1: Yeah, I think uh, n- yeah nine and change with the wrestling configuration. Yes. I know a basketball configuration. They've definitely broken ten thousand before.
0: Yeah, so I, you know I think that's those are both they're, they're good news for the sport. Um, VHSL, you know, they listened uh, to uh, to the coaches and in and, and the fans, and uh, hats off to them for doing that. Um, and you know, getting us a, a good venue and, and expanding the uh, brackets back—both um, good moves for the sport.
1: Yeah, you know, one of the first things, uh, obviously, there's a lot of grumbling about football. Uh, at least you, you read the Washington Post story where there, you know—the headlines: Northern Virginia teams have to travel. Well, you know, we're, we're used to travel. We really shouldn't really bicker about really the travel so much because other state tournaments have rotated. Even the—you the, know—what the old AAA. Uh, then, you know, the five a six a have gone between, you know, Chesapeake and Northern Virginia. So, I mean, it's going to rotate, but now we're looking at, I'm looking at the, the layout of the, 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 the six public school classes. And I'm saying, okay, who's got to travel the most. That's going to be basically affected. It's 4 a West that probably has the biggest, uh, the biggest chunk of travel. And I'm looking down and I'm like, Oh, poor Salem high school. Because they're four A, and they're, they're the state tournament has been in Salem uh, for the double A and single A, and then they were for four A up until last year. They've they go from like down the street to across the state. They're they're like the hard luck loser in all of this because it's really across the street for them, and then they're heading all the way to Norfolk. But uh, you know, there's a, you know most of the uh, the bigger regions in the in the south divisions are are from Hampton Roads, so it's gonna be a decent mix. I mean, Northern Virginia, Richmond. Uh, Richmond's going to basically be in the middle wherever we go unless it's in Richmond. But, Bill, what are your thoughts on on the travel complaint that may exist by having it in Norfolk versus, uh, you know, well, then it's actually closer than Chesapeake for a lot of people.
0: Yeah, it is. It's closer than Chesapeake. Um, you know, in wrestling, we've traveled somewhere all the time. I mean, they've had it in Richmond, but not for a long time, um, which is kind of in the central. And we've either been in Chesapeake or northern Virginia the rest of the time. So, you know, the wrestling people are used to it. I think the football guys were a little, uh, taken aback, but they're going to rotate. So it's not going to be where I think they're William and Mary and Hampton. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, they'll have to travel, but it's going to be one or two years and then it's going to be in central or the north or somewhere else. So we're going to move around and, uh, you know, coming from the old Northwest region, I don't want to hear anyone complain about travel.
1: <laughs> yeah, because, right. you know, yeah, just, just three words Western Valley District. That's all I got to say.
2: You got so Danville, it. Too. Winchester all the way down to uh, Halifax and that whole area. I mean, that's those were some crazy travel days back then. It was like
1: oh, yeah. Danville, GW, I was at yeah. GW Danville, Franklin County, you yeah. know, in the same district.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we had. James Wood and Sharando back in the day, and then, you know, Albemarle and Charlottesville, and um, that was – that that's travel. And even the 6A South, as it currently is, you know, we've got Franklin County and the Richmond Schools and then uh, Prince William Schools, and then, you know, for GB Chesapeake, that area, so.
1: Well,
2: and then Roanoke, too. as Sure. I-
0: yeah, Roanoke, too
1: yeah the population centers in the western part of the state definitely they're gonna be split up no matter what so uh bill, you were saying that you know it could go back to uh so what is the plan are they gonna go scrap the six and go back to a three or or is it just the regionals that were gonna go back to more of the district regional state type of thing
0: yeah um I'm gonna go after next year I'm gonna move back to four regions no uh no conferences any longer. There'll be old districts, but the district won't qualify The region, everyone will go to the region tournament um, in individual sports. So, and then you know they'll qualify four to the state tournament. So it'll be back to a sixty man bracket.
2: I mean, there's some there's some regions that have as as few as what uh, 12? I think eight. eight teams,
0: eight or nine. Yeah, yeah. some of them are small. And then others are eighteen, so, but they're they're more geographic, and uh, I think it'll it'll work better than what we currently have.
1: Yeah, what I'd like to see. I mean, obviously, we know we'd all like to see you know, kind of maybe at most three classes, or maybe I'd like to see a jersey type of model where you have if you keep the six classes, we go to dual meets to determine a state team champion and bring everybody together in one arena for you know the at least for the public schools, you know that that one you know. Boardwalk Hall type of you know event, and then you can move that around the various arenas, whether it be whatever the Patriot Center's name now, uh, you know, to to Charlottesville, to Scope, maybe even the Hampton Coliseum, to the Roanoke Civic Center. I mean, you can definitely. I mean, the Civic Center with their renovations, they hosted a Division Three uh, regional there, not this past year, but the year before. And I'm looking at, I'm watching the stream, and I'm like, there's definitely mat space, and there's definitely you know seating. To have a, a good state tournament there, I think I think the Salem Civic Center has kind of outlived its usefulness for wrestling, uh, with maybe two doors and, and some ornery ushers. But uh, <laughs> you know, I think that this is a move in the right direction. Uh, Brian, uh, your thoughts on you know one the twelve man brackets? Okay, not it's still not ideal, but you know we got you know you gotta you gotta get move incrementally here. But I'm also still wondering. Norfolk Scope hasn't held a wrestling event since I think we had our freestyle states there back in like 2002.
2: I think it's awesome. And, you know, and and this is coming from, from Robinson where we've hosted the state tournament. I'm so excited that I I feel like the Virginia high school league and, you know, whether this is the old leadership or the new leadership is taking some, some onus on the fact that they're going to showcase our best, our best athletes in the state. And that's really what their job should be. Another thing is, is that uh, I know when talking to several of, of the powers that be there, that they're really reaching out to the colleges and saying, Hey, this is a, you're a state university. Therefore, we pay taxes. Hey, let us use your event. We're going to bring people on campus. I mean, what a better way to keep people in state than to come and, and, and see the schools and to see the, the campuses. So, you know, the, the fact that we're going into a larger building and the fact that we're going to be showcased in an arena where, you know, it, it looks good and it's not in a high school gym. I think it is huge for, um, for our kids and the confidence of our kids also. Yeah. You're going to take six kids from, from two regions. Um, maybe those fifth and sixth kids have a bad regional tournament. It gives some people opportunities. And, and the whole reason we heard they were switching to six uh, divisions of the state was for more opportunities for every kid and for more opportunities for teams to win state titles. Well, if you're having 12 kids in a weight class, more schools are going to be able to be, um, have contestants at the state tournament, which is a big deal. I mean, you look at uh, 6A South, for instance, and, you know, Colonial Forge, 12 to 13 to 14, and Bill did an amazing job, but they're taking uh, one-fourth of the athletes to the state tournament. So when you have six, you have an opportunity for more schools to have participants, which is should be the whole model of the league.
1: Yeah, and as I'm looking at this, you know, I'm sure you're, you're going to love the fact that you don't have to take the headache of running this thing anymore because you're trying to coach and coordinate a state tournament when they were up at Robinson. And yeah. I, I'm, I'm looking at it from a Norfolk perspective. Metro area, there's a lot of hotels down there. They've actually revitalized Granby Street to the point where it's actually, it's a pretty cool place to hang out, at least the last time I was there. there's There's plenty of things for the... You know, I'm almost waiting for an NCAA style of, uh, all right, session Let's out. Or, you know, over here at the Minnesota State Tournament, where they have it at the Excel Center, the same place where the Minnesota Wild Play, between sessions, every place is packed. And it's, you know, yeah, it's a pain in the butt to get something to eat. But at the same point, you can't turn your head and not see somebody you know. I mean, so it was, it you know, I, I have seen state tournaments in Pennsylvania. I've seen state tournaments in Colorado and in Minnesota. And it's like, you know, we get into, you know, the, the scope is not a, a, a major league sports arena, but it is a very functional, you know, AAA-sized event. I mean, they, they've sold out uh, sporting events there in the past, inclu- like the women's national team against Old Dominion women's basketball way back in the day, the ODU-JMU games, the, the Hampton Roads Admirals in their heyday, and the ECHL. So it's a sports facility. And, you know, there's, there's good sight lines there that helps. And I'm, I'm just waiting to see where this goes because, you know, Norfolk for two years that, you know, I'd like to see the Patriot center or John Paul Jones or something that's, you know, not necessarily cavernous, but you can get people in there. Hopefully again, we, we come up to where uh, we can get uh, a more functional state term where we don't have six state champions individually in a weight class in the public school side. So I'm hopeful that this just kind of leads in the right direction because uh one you know I'm already I'm already on the phone I've already sent burger it says like I might have to come back next year because you know it gives me a trip home it's Norfolk I went to school there it's not I'm not coming home to go to Oscar Smith High School I'm not coming home to to hang out in a high school gym I mean no disrespect to you know to your place Brian or or what's yeah. on Oscar Smith but it's like state tournament needs to be in an arena
0: I couldn't what? agree more yeah. couldn't agree more and you know Jason to the point with uh less uh, divisions, you know, us wrestling people, we'd, we would really like that. Um, and, you know, hopefully the Virginia High School League might get to a point where they'll let individual sports, um, you know, focus groups and whatever decide what, what the proper number is for, for our sport. Um, but until then, you know, I, I think there's some good moves in the, in the uh, right direction as far as them listening about the venue and, uh, expanding the brackets and, And you know so one more we got one more challenge i guess is is to maybe go back to three for wrestling in the public school side i'd like to see um i like the new jersey model as well with a dual multiple duels but i I don't know if we'll ever get that in virginia um but i think less classes would be best for us as a sport
1: yeah and there's also one thing to bring up too i think that uh, they're they're working on building this arena in Virginia Beach, you know, a 20,000 seat type of venue that uh, potentially they would like to attract like a major league tenant. But, you know, there's one that's like, OK, there's I mean, it would it would be some travel for 90 percent of the state uh, in, in that respect. But I mean, if you've got a, you know, if a a prime ready venue like that, I mean, there's plenty of hotel space. I'm not I'm not making a pitch for the Hampton Roads region for this stuff, but I mean, we've got we got we got some facilities, but if there's something that big, that's definitely something they're going to have to keep an eye on as well.
0: Oh, I'd agree there. And, and who wouldn't want to go to the beach in, uh, February, um, be, be nicer than, uh, a lot of other places. So, um, and you know, the NHSEA events have, have right. flourished in Virginia beach. So, you know, it, they've, uh, they now host some wrestling events down there. So,
2: well, and, and I think you got to look at economic in, impact, uh, you know we want a place that's going to welcome us and i think the scope will welcome us i think you know the hotels will be they're not going to try to price fix they're going to make sure that they make the experience good and and it, there is a great economic impact when you bring a lot of athletes and a lot of teams there hopefully everybody brings a lot of fans and uh i'm i'm excited i think it's going to be great
1: all right, moving over back to the Vawa side of things. Uh Bill, why don't you give us a rundown on what we can expect? Uh, what do we got on the schedule for uh state freestyle and, and basically the freestyle circuit here now that we're in the spring months and uh, we're already start we're already starting to think about Fargo.
0: We uh next week, next weekend will be the uh Freestyle Greco State Championships for uh kids division, uh cadets, juniors and uh our cadet junior women as well. So, you know Big w- weekend there, starting to put together um, our Fargo teams and our, our Bumi teams. Uh, you know, David Manville's been working on our schoolboy team already, and we're going to see some of those guys compete. Uh, we had a lot of a lot of kids at the northeast region um, last week competing, and then hopefully we'll have a, a good crew to go down to the southeast region as well. And, uh, you know, excited. Um with the uh, coaching staff, the guys we have working with the kids this summer, a lot of good people. Um, So, uh, you know, looking forward to keeping, keep on improving that, that whole process. And, uh, you know, we're staying right across uh, the street from the Fargo Dome this year. So kids can actually walk. Um, that's, that's a plus. Uh, You know, so big weekend next weekend. I I like the Freestyle Greco State Tournament. Um, Hope we have a lot of kids out there. This is a chance for you to compete against guys from all the divisions. So um, there's going to be one junior champ, not six in a weight class.
1: Yeah, one thing we also got to bring up with with the Fargo teams, Freestyle. Yeah, first of all, that's a big plus. For getting into the hotels across the street. I'm wondering how quickly was uh, was Andrew on that and be like, Hey, there's some hotels across from the dome. Let's uh let's lock let's lock those up.
0: Well, we, we did that like two days after Fargo ended last year. Um we kind of got lucky. We had been staying, you know, down at the best western and the uh girl that was the manager there, she went to work for Fargo Moorhead um hospitality whatever, and she is now in charge of like all the hotels there. So, you know, Andrew found that out, and a couple of days after the last year's tournament, he said, okay, we want to move closer to the venue. So we were able to do that.
1: So I guess there will be a lot of Buffalo Wild Wings in the <laughs> coach's future again.
0: I, yes, I would say that's a very good chance of that.
1: Actually, Jason, how many times do you think you ate at that Taco Bell? Oh, uh, I haven't eaten at that Taco Bell in years, but... Uh let's just let's yeah okay fine I'll 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 do the self deprecating humor here. So uh I think it was my second year out there second or third year uh I would all you know the I would be the last one in there up you know back with the old dial up with the uh the old Matt talk online updating the virginia results which were still done by hand and it's you know I'm the last one there and the, I'm waiting for the coaches to get back from dinner and I take the rental car and uh, you know I think the buffalo Wild wings that first year was just opening uh, And I I, I it was late. I just went to the Taco Bell. I think it was like six straight days I ate at the Taco Bell that year, uh, not counting between sessions. And uh, I was kind of Taco Belled out. So uh-huh. I haven't been there in a while, especially since that there I have understanding what would there's better places to eat in Fargo. Although last year, <laughs> I think half of my uh, my budget was spent at Buffalo Wild Wings. So not
2: the, not the turf.
1: No. Well, that's that was the other half.
0: Well, and uh, you, you did come and enjoy uh, a meal or two with uh, Team Virginia as well.
1: Yeah, which was a great thing. You know, I was always yeah. good out there. Now, a couple other things I want to touch on. We'll circle back to the beginning where we were talking about the Hall of Fame and Brian, the Virginia Chapter State Hall of uh, the, the Virginia Chapter of the National Wrestling Hall of Fame. Uh, it's it's overseen by the National Wrestling Hall of Fame in Stillwater, Oklahoma. But uh, there's situations where to get people in, this is this is something that's incredibly important to you, and want you to explain why.
2: Well, um, again, you know, I've I've been a, a part of the organization for a long time. My father was inducted um, almost 20 years ago, and uh, he's on the board now. But you know, one of the big things is there's a lot of people with institutional knowledge in the state of Virginia who know things that you know the the, the small group of people who run the Hall of Fame. They they don't know everything and know everybody. And so it's really important that if you're listening to this podcast, you understand if you know someone who deserves to be in that Hall of Fame, there's an application process. And and if you go to um, the National Wrestling Hall of Fame website, you go to state chapters, there's an application form on there. Um, We want to recognize the best people in Virginia. And it doesn't It can be outstanding Americans who happen to wrestle. It can be authors. It can be coaches. It can be wrestlers. It can be uh, officials. It can be fans. It can be administrators, people who have done great by wrestling. But we don't all have all the institutional knowledge. So it's important that people go in and nominate. Um, you know, I've, I've had the fortune to nominate three people in the last two years who have, who have gotten in and it's a, and it's a tough process with the letters of recommendation and the, you know, knowing the, their history and knowing their resume. So, but if you know somebody get on there and nominate, it's a, it's a great honor. And, and you know, um, we want only the best to go in through Virginia. That's all I got.
1: Bill, any, any closing thoughts on maybe with what Brian said, or just wrapping up here, the show, episode 12 of again, the Virginia wrestling roundup, your namesake.
0: Uh Yeah. Um, yeah, the Hall of Fame guys, it, it was an awesome experience for myself, uh, quite an honor. Um, and, you know, I would like to thank Brian and I did that night, uh, he nominated me and, and I really appreciated that. Um, great organization, uh, great event. Um, if you know somebody deserving, you know, do the nomination form because, um, it is quite an honor. And like Brian said, uh, the group doesn't know everybody, so um, we need to we need to uh, get the word out about that. And uh, the only other closing thoughts I had is I'd like to see see uh, everybody at the Freestyle greco State tournament in two weeks.
1: Yeah, I, I lied to you too. I wrote down on my notes and I turned a the page. There's also a fairly notable bit of news regarding our freestyle coaching staff this year as well. Oh yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, um, Keith Gavin's going to, uh, uh, be going with us to Fargo and, and it'll be a training camp. And, uh, hopefully we're looking to maybe add some, some other college coaches as well before, uh, before we go to camp and, and head to Fargo. So, um, that's a, that's, uh, a good addition to staff. And, uh, we also, uh, Rob Premish going to be, uh, new media. Director for us, he's uh, be going to be handling the website, and he's going to do some video content and just uh, spruce some things up. So uh, that's that's good too. You know, we need people to help do things. So um, a couple new additions there.
1: All right, that's how we'll wrap it up because I know Gavin was on was on the brain, and then all of a sudden we got sidetracked because you know this is a kind of a freeform show. We actually did have kind of a, a run of show here, but uh, we didn't have Damian Santucci lining it up for us, Brian. So, <laughs> so for uh, for
2: we are not the garden. Not we're
1: not the garden, but we'll be in the dome. So I'll, I'll definitely see you guys sooner than later. So for Bill Swink and Brian Hazard, thank you for listening to episode 12 of the Virginia Wrestling Roundup. All the information about that, that executive director opening and the schedule for the spring and summer freestyle and Greco-Roman series at VirginiaWrestling.com.